Welcome to the Cyber Firefight Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Tarrin, the Deputy CISO at Fortinet and author of the book, Fight Fire with Fire, Proactive Cybersecurity Strategies for Today's Leaders. In this Cybersecurity Perspectives podcast, we will talk with a different cybersecurity expert from the book in each episode and discuss valuable perspectives and important takeaways from their individual chapter. Today, I'll be talking with Sanju Misra, CISO and Vice President of Information Security at Anilum Pharmaceuticals. Welcome, Sanju. Well, thank you, Renee. Pleasure to be here. Well, thanks. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about your chapter. I'm very excited about your, your chapter of focusing really on, you know, transitioning from that technologist to, to strategist. Um, but before we, we get into, into that, I, I thought we'd start off by telling people, you know, how about you tell us a little bit about your background and, and really how you came into the cyber field? Sure. Well, actually, I was not um, planning on cybersecurity when I started off this uh, in my career. I was actually a biology major in college, and I uh, was using uh, WordPerfect on a word processor to help people write their final papers. And I got interested in the computer side, um, but I was already three years into a biology degree, so I kind of stuck with uh, biology. But when I got out of college, I really tried to look for something that connected biology with uh, IT. And I took a role at um, Yale University in their medical school, helping um, with uh, creating test questions for medical students that weren't all the same um, across uh, across the different tests. So I was doing various IT jobs uh, for about 10 years or so. I, anything from administering databases and user services, pulling network cables, um, uh, simple scripting, And it wasn't until a friend of mine reached out to me uh, at the health insurance and said, you should check out this job. They're looking for someone with information security experience um, and a good IT background uh, as they grew out their uh, consumer presence on the Internet. And I said, I don't really know much about security, but I took a chance. And the uh, CISO at Aetna at the time uh, saw some potential, I guess, and uh, brought me on board. And I was uh, at Aetna for about 10 years, uh, sorry, eight years, Ugh. <laughs> eight years um, in various roles uh, with progressively more um, responsibilities. So I guess you could say that was my first security job was uh, at Aetna. Gotcha. I mean, that, that's fascinating. I mean, so I have at least a follow-up question for me. Um, are you happy that you, you made the switch? <laughs> I absolutely am. You know, I think it's great to have a background in other areas so that when you come into the security space, you have a pretty holistic uh, view from uh, different angles. And I think that's actually helped me grow in the, in the role as well as understand uh, different ideas and different points of view when business leaders or IT leaders uh, bring things forward, just having kind of a, a different perspective. So yeah, absolutely no regrets. Yeah, I think it's also inspiring to our listeners out there that, you know, for people that, you know, maybe considering a, a change in career or have a, um, a son or daughter that's looking, you know, going into high school, going into college that, you know, you know, just because you start down one path doesn't necessarily mean that path won't uh, diverge and you know end up in, in the cyber field. 
Yeah, that's so true. You know, I, I think I was reading somewhere where people have an average of three careers in their life now. So, you know, what you start off in may not be what you end up doing. And I spend a lot of time trying to help uh, bring up that pipeline in the cybersecurity space and really trying to get people to think about it as a potential uh, career path with all the uh, openings that we have. Oh, absolutely. So that brings us to, you know, talking to a little bit about your, your chapter. You know, a lot of people, when they hear the word CISO and stuff, they think, you know, oh, that's definitely, you know, technology-based, you know, position that, you know, may discourage people um, from coming into it because they think it's just too hard, hard hardcore tech. Um, so your chapter is really focused on, you know, the title is Technologist to Strategist. And so I was hoping, you know, from your perspective, you can shed a little light on, you know, what what is that meaning in, in today's, uh, you know, space when it comes to the cyber fields? Sure, yeah, so I think what I realized progressing through different roles is in each uh, role with a little bit more responsibility, you were expected to uh, put on a risk hat and talk about, you know, how does this affect the business users? How how is uh, cybersecurity or information security um, relevant to us making a dollar here at company X? And that really got me thinking that what people want to hear is not a technical um, explanation on why things work a certain way or why you're doing something um, one way versus another. They want to hear in very layman terms, business risk, and in a way that they can articulate and understand and explain to someone who's not in an IT field. And I think sometimes what happens is, um, you know, we're a lot of us are technical experts in our field and think, well, that should get us to that next step to be that strategist, right? And what happens is I, we might get stuck in saying, well, I'm a subject matter expert in, uh, you know, uh, network security and firewall rules and um, I know insider threat, and all these things, but you have to be able to make that leap on how do you project that from a, a business case. And I think that's where some folks, I don't want to say get stuck, but have a preference to stay and be a technical subject matter expert. Um, but if you're going to be the strategist, you need to have that technical background a bit, but you also need to think um, what a business leader is uh, is thinking about from a, a risk perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's why, you know, you're seeing you know, a lot of uh, trends, you know, when it comes for people, you know, the, the different job descriptions and vacancies ads for CISOs, you know, they're looking for some of those other software skills, whether that's leadership, communication, um, like you said, strategy and, you know, managing risk are, are all are part of that. And so, um, you know, that's definitely what you're seeing that, that drive from just focusing on the hardcore technology skills and certifications to, you know, some of those softer skills. Yeah, and I think you bring up a great point, right, is you don't want a super technical person at the table in the sense that if they're going to speak to you only in technical terms, most likely you're not going to have a seat at the table, right? So I think that's where we need to kind of change. And you do see those softer skills, the leadership skills, the vision, the strategy are so much more important um, at those levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things you, you talked about, I mean, we've, we've touched on a little bit about, you know, kind of the different, you know, skill sets and, you know, that 
that mindset of moving from, you know, more on in the to strategy focused. Um, you, you talk about in your chapter, there's, you know, different types of CISOs. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what are those types of CISOs? And, you know, is there one type that's better than another? Yeah, you know, I'll start off with the second part of your question. I don't think there's one type that's better than another. Um, I think they're all depending on the fit of that archetype to the organization, where they are in their maturity level, what their culture is like, um, what kind of industry they're in. I think those are the things that actually help form what's the right archetype for that place and time. And saying that, I think all three of them can be successful just as long as there's a matchup with um, where they're um, a CISO, right? So I think if I was going to say what kind of archetypes um, do we have, I think traditionally most CISOs come from a technical background, right? So they're the the techie that uh, ends up taking an InfoSec uh, officer type role. And then there's the the, um, one that might have come from uh, more of a risk-focused thinker, the big picture leader. They try and take that information security program and align it with the business strategy and trying to transform the um, security function to whatever the environment is. You see a lot of them um, in, in the financial services industry and healthcare where you have a lot of uh, compliance and regulatory pressures on folks and risk management. Um, <clears throat> and I think the last archetype is the... Uh, what I call the political, physical security, InfoSec connect the dots uh, kind of executive. And that's the the mission-driven executive that looks at things from a geopolitical perspective, threat trends uh, across industries, across the the globe. They tend to have a lot of access to uh, Intel um, due to their relationships they've built uh, in and outside of industry, lots of credibility. They may not be so technical, but I think they're able to connect the dots uh, across all the security uh, silos and they understand regulatory and legal issues as well. And, it, and you're starting to see more and more um, CISOs coming from, from that uh, archetype as well. <coughs> Excuse me. I think one of the things that's challenging, Renee, is that when I read some of the, uh, the job descriptions for CISOs, it's like some of the companies aren't really sure what kind of leader they're looking for or you know I I read a job description that could say you know the person has deep technical expertise of uh, of network security but then it also says that that person is a strategic thinker and has a seat in the you know able to articulate risk to the board members it it's it's goes across such a gamut right it's uh it's interesting so I think sometimes people come into the, into the CISO roles and it might not be a, a cultural fit, no matter what archetype um, they've come from, if the role's not really well-defined or the person that comes in isn't able to um, take the, the culture and the risk profile and make it their own. I don't know if, if you see that in your uh, space as well as you talk to different leaders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely one of the things that you see where organizations, you know, because some are, you know, really focusing on, you know, the business strategy, but not necessarily understanding that, you know, us as technology leaders, we're here to help, you know, we, we help that business enablement. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think they sometimes see these roles as more of a hindrance 
um, as more of you know, the department of no. And so yeah. they try and you know either find ways around you know, the technology and the security staff or um, you know, some are simply doing it just to have a checkbox to have, you know, that, that compliance piece, but, you know, they, they have someone, you know, in, in the position. Um, but I, I think for a lot of organizations that I think they're starting to see, um, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, these roles are add, are value add. Um, because again, at the end of the day, if something bad happened, it's, you know, damage to not only uh, revenue operations, but, you know, even, you know, reputation side of things. And so I think that's why you're starting to see organizations that can, you know, look for those leaders that can do a variety of the skill sets beyond just the, the technical side of things. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, but I, I agree with you. It comes down to the culture of every organization. You have to have that right fit. Um, you know, no, no technology leader that I know wants to go into an organization and realizing that um, it's just not going to be a good fit for the culture because, you know, you have to really dive in to understand the business and the business owners have to be want to be able to be a good partner in return. Um, otherwise, it's going to make the job simply ineffective and, and impossible to do. Yeah, and I think you really uh, stated it well, right? Security used to be more of the uh, department of no and no versus the uh, department of no, uh, K-N-O-W, which is what it's trying to move to because if it's not a business enabler people will just go around go around you right you can have all the great policies in the world in place but if they're not uh achievable or understandable or they hinder people from getting their jobs done they're not going to follow them they're just going to go around absolutely so i mean we've, we've touched on a lot of different pieces of you know the CISO roles and, and so forth but you know what would be one you know, piece of advice you would give your fellow CISOs from what you're seeing in today's environment? Mm, that's a great question. I would say if you're getting into that role, um, definitely take on things that no one else wants to take on. Like be okay to challenge the status quo um, and say, you know what, it's okay that we haven't fixed this before, but let's look at it. Let's look at it together differently. Um, and not just automatically do the same thing because it worked for you in the previous company or it's what you read about. But I, I think that piece about the cultural fit is huge because I, I think about the, the CISO I am today for the last seven months at Almylum Pharmaceuticals is a different type of CISO than what was needed in my um, previous life at Praxair uh, Linda. Uh, we had a merger of equals that I was there for about eight years as a CISO for that company. And the the culture, the, the risk profile, the industry, very different. So I approach the role differently too. And I think what I've shown is you can be successful in just adapting uh, the way that you work and the way that you interact. I think that's probably my biggest piece of advice is just to be open and not have one size fits all. Yeah, I would agree. And a lot of it is also when you, anytime you enter in a new role like that, you really need to spend some time assessing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just because what, what you've done in the previous organization um, may not be a good fit for your new organization. So um, you really got to take, you know, a certain amount of time to sit there and really um, understand and do an assessment of, of the organization to understand what their needs, what their strategy is, and, you know, you know how the, your teams can, can impact that. But yeah, I, I to totally agree. Um, so what piece of advice, 
you know, we talk about the skills gap and we need more people in, in, in the, in our fields because we just need more of us. Um, and you know, you know, the, that, that call of need is, is not going away anytime, anytime soon. Um, so what would be your piece of advice for someone, um, considering entering into the cyber field? Yeah, I think because they can come from so many different, uh, areas, I would focus on the transferability of skills. Like if you're a good analytical thinker and you have intellectual curiosity, you're a problem solver, those skills transfer really well into the cybersecurity space, no matter where they came from, right? Even a little bit of uh, salesmanship and uh, being able to articulate uh, what you need or, or, uh, or want and being a good listener. And if you think about those characteristics, they're across many different career paths. So opening yourself up to those cybersecurity roles, even if you don't have like a strict InfoSec or IT background, but you have some of these other skills, I think it's definitely worth looking at. And I'm mentoring a few uh, folks that are new to their career, and it comes up pretty frequently early on when they say, well, you know, I didn't do anything in IT, and I don't know if this is going to work for me. How, how am I going to get my foot in the door? And I always go back to those transferable skills and building out your network um, and really just getting someone, you know, that can uh, believe in you that those skills do transfer. Absolutely. And when, every time you look at when you're building high-performing teams, you know, you want diversity of experiences because everybody brings their own unique perspectives into that. Um, you know, that's what makes this, you know, working in this space so dynamic. Um, and I, you know, I, I encourage everybody to join, join this field, because again, I think if, you know, I think Sandy, you, you, and, you would <laughs> agree, um, you certainly won't be bored in this job ever. That is so true. And there's, you know, there's uh, something that could interest you across so many different levels, right? So maybe you don't love, um, the uh, compliance piece of what you do or the metrics piece. But then there's also like, you could get knee deep into the technical expertise or if you like the legal side and the regulatory, there's just so many different opportunities to um, form the career uh, depending on what interests you the most. And I think that's, that's rare, frankly. There's a lot of careers that there's a set path. Whereas in InfoSec, it's so broad that I feel that, you know, we can definitely continue to keep that tent nice and big and open for, uh, for thought for people. Absolutely. You can always cross train, you know, IT from security and security into IT and then other, other, other facets. Um, because again, I, I agree. It's not only the technology skills that we're, we're leveraging. There's the analytical piece, like you said, compliance, um, there's the training piece. We need people that are helping us with do more of the, the training aspects. Um, so you can go in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, even some of the folks that I've been mentoring, the same thing, you know, they wanted to get, get a career in, you know, the IT field. Um, and, but they, they didn't like programming. They didn't want to be, you know, a coder. Um, sure. and so, you know, we talked about cyber forensics, you know, being the CSI for computers and, you know, that's the kind of way they went and, and very happy about that. So, um, you can kind of do a variety of things that, um, you know, can always pique your, pique your interest. Yeah, I hope for all of our sakes, we're successful in uh, convincing people to, to look at careers in cybersecurity. It's only going to help and the field just going to continue to grow. 
Absolutely. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for your insights. Um, your chapter it brings a lot of great knowledge um, for people, um, for socios, and even people looking to come come into the field. You know, gives good insight of you know kind of what the role is and you know um, in today's environment and how you know it's progressing and how it's going to continue to change. So. I want to thank you so much um, for being participating in the book and um, you know, look forward to talking with you again. Sure, Renee. Thank you. If you want more information on Fight Fire with Fire, go to our blog at ftnt.net slash cyber firefight.